Good evening, everybody, ladies and gentlemen around the world. It's your boy, Will Mahoney, here with the giant crab, Jamal. I think we're going to have Silly Sellis running in at some point here in a moment or two. But it's another night with your Big Gold Belt Group podcast. It's going to be a bit of a different show this week. We got some people in. We got some people out. But as always, there's things happening in the wrestling world. So we'll get started right after this. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday night. That means it's time for your Big Gold Belt Group Wrestling Podcast. And as always, we got things happening in the wrestling world, whether it be reality TV, incoming drafts. And I guess tonight we're also going to draw a winner. We're going to have the winner of the Acknowledge Your Tribal Chief contest tonight coming up at halftime. We'll be doing that drawing to see who will win the Bloodline T-shirt from your friends here at the Big Gold Belt Group. So you can acknowledge Roman Reigns in the way that you should. So coming up at the half, we'll let you know who the big winner is here tonight. Giant Crab, how are you doing on this fine Thursday evening? I'm good. Uh, You know, it's a good time. I'm going on vacation tomorrow. So uh, yeah, let's get this over because I got to (laughs) pack. You are always on the road, always moving, whether it's coming back from the big show in New York City last week, heading right back out the door this week. Yep. Always on the move somewhere. As it always well, yeah, I, I got a bus to catch. You know, that's just the way it is. <laughs> it's, it's what you do when you have a bus pass. You catch buses. There you go. Well, in the name of people moving around, I guess we are on the cusp of draft season. As it always is with WWE, it is draft time again. And starting tomorrow night in Baltimore at SmackDown and then continuing on to Monday, the WWE draft will be happening as it always does, once again. I guess at least once a year it seems to happen. But this is our first post-pandemic draft. So, you know, everyone usually does the whole, oh, who do you think's gonna move? Who do you think, who needs to move? We, I think we touched on that a bit last week with who we thought most needed to kind of be freshened up. But part of the draft is surprises. Part of the draft is like, who's gonna, you know, maybe come up from NXT? Who might get sent to NXT? If we're lucky with the whole NXT 2.0 version we got going on, who knows if that's in play or not, but what could be a crazy surprise we might see tomorrow? I think that's what we're going to focus on instead of doing your traditional, just, you know, throwing out names like you normally do. What, what might be an out of the box idea? Cause Lord, Lord knows WWE is trying to shake things up right now. They're trying to keep people's attention. They're putting a lot of things on Monday night, a lot of title matches to stay competitive between football and the other wrestling shows out there. So I'm sure the plan will be between tomorrow and next Monday to really set some fireworks off. So the question becomes, what could be some genuine WWE draft surprises that we might see in the next coming shows between SmackDown and Raw? Any ideas jump out at you? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, ideas jump out at me, but whether or not they happen, uh, that's the big thing about WWE. Uh, the biggest surprise, if NXT drafts Nia, Nia Jax, <laughs> I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm not saying it should happen. But what I am saying is that NXT drafted Nia might be the most interesting thing. Uh, it's because... It's not that she doesn't fit. She's definitely a WWE-style wrestler, but uh, given her past, uh, you know, incidents, and, you know, maybe it might just be time for her to step out of Raw and SmackDown and just go to NXT 
and just breathe in that new environment right now. Um, mm. So I think that would be kind of interesting. They, I'm not going to say they're going to start over, and I know she's injured, uh, you know, so that notwithstanding. I'm not saying that she starts over, but it could be a fresh start for her as she comes back, um, you know, and tries to right the ship, sort of. Uh, another big surprise that I think would be uh, kind of interesting is like one of like the other uh, big four women going to NXT. What if they draft a Banks? What if they draft a uh, a Bailey? Um, and, and again, I know Bailey's injured, uh, but it would be interesting to see how that works out. Um, other than that, I definitely see them like splitting up a tag team or something like that, just to right. you know kind of shock the crowd. Like, oh no, the tree Roberts are on different teams. So how many solo cups will they get? I mean, yeah, <laughs> those things. Um, the typical, the easy, low hanging yeah. fruit they always go for. Yeah, they did that with the New Day, and you know it didn't really work out. But but yeah, I think I would like to see NXT be integrated. It's NXT 2.0. It's a newer, more WWE. Uh, styled NXT, so why not just let them let them into the uh, let give them a seat at the table? Okay, you know, you have to yeah, yeah, see. That that's what heck. Lord knows we've talked plenty of times for years out here about NXT being an actual third brand, and that's the kind of stuff that it would take for NXT to be a third brand. But now that they're back in developmental mode. I'm not so sure if they're going to go that route. Who knows that if they'll, I'm sh- they've seem to have made it kind of clear that people will come up, but I'm not so sure if anyone's going to go down. But on that same token, one of the big things they are doing in NXT 2.0 right now, especially this week, is they got Mandy Rose down there running wild with her little stable that she created. Mm-hmm. So with, mm-hmm. they have someone who was a main roster person as a focal point now of the women's division down there. So yeah. it's probably not outside the realm of possibility. It's just a matter of huh, I'm looking at the main roster. I'm trying to think that who might be someone that could use that kind of change of scenery, use it as a chance to kind of refresh things, use it maybe as a way to reboot them. Maybe someone like a like a Dolph Ziggler, maybe. Someone who's been around a long time and kind of just, he's doing his thing with Bobby Roode. Heck, you could send them both. You could send him and Roode down there. I wouldn't say either of them are in a position where they absolutely, you know, they're not tied to anything super important Mm -hmm. right now on Friday nights. So Lord knows. I mean, Dolph is one of those guys that's just been there forever. He's just kind of a standard bearer. He doesn't mm-hmm. really change. He's been doing the same thing forever. He could really be plugged into any role you'd want to use him in. So, I could kind of see something like that. But, but I guess if they sent him down, they sent him down with Rude, they could immediately put them in the tag title scene down there if they wanted to keep him as a team. Mm-hmm. Or he could just send him down there with the idea that, well, he can work with anybody. He can help out with some of these young kids, your Braun Breakers of the world that are on the way up, your uh, Von Wagners, all these new faces that we're seeing. I mean, part of what they're going to need to do with these new faces is they are going to have to bring in people who can lead them and heck, train them up to main roster level, if that's the idea of where they're eventually going to end up. So, mm-hmm. hmm, that's. I a- mean, yeah, I think it's very real uh, possibility. Uh, there's really not much left for Ziggler to do. Uh, he's he's kind of done it all. Hey, Celis, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? Sorry I'm late. You know, sometimes when duty calls and COVID strikes, you got to do what you got to do. No, you got to <laughs> do. And, and COVID's been doing doing the most. You know. Yep. It's all good. You can always do a run in whenever you need to here on the gotcha. Big Belt. We're like just I got the money in the bank, huh? There, there you go. There you go. See, the money in the bank's already out of play, so the money in the bank can't be in play tomorrow with the draft. So we're nope. just kicking around the draft and thinking about what are some surprises that could be thrown out for the draft between like tomorrow and Monday, since WWE is in such an, int- an attention getting mode right now. We were thinking like, what could what could they really do here? And one idea that that crowd was thrown out there was the idea of people getting sent down to NXT to mm. you know do some stuff down there. That's where I just had the idea of a uh, maybe someone like a Dolph Ziggler, maybe who's just been mm. around forever, might get sent down there. But it doesn't have to be an NXT idea. Any ideas on your end of a surprise? Something that'd be like a real big, just you know, 
kind of curveball they might throw at us between these shows. I think it's not necessarily a surprise to any one of us because we probably saw it coming if you paid attention to last Friday. But I think they'll split up the street, uh, street profits. I think um, mm. I, I, I really like what they're trying to do with Montez Ford as a teaser, trying to have him as a one-on-one match against Roman to see, hey, what type of reaction can you get? Can you hang in there one-on-one? Do you really need Dawkins as your tag team partner? Where they'll put Dawkins on SmackDown and then put Bianca and Montez together on Raw. Because you need to build up that women's division on Raw, especially on the single circuit. And then why not bring in Montez, possibly turn him heel, to do things on that aspect, to have him maybe go against Big E or other up-and-coming mid-card title champions to put him over that top. I mean, even him as a heel against Damian Priest could be something that could be magic made in heaven as you build him up. Uh, but I think splitting up the street profits is, is, is something that they're going to do. Mm, maybe I think that's going to be like their version of what they did with the New Day last time. It's yep. gonna be like, okay, yep. the, we got to take the babyface tag team and have them have their teary separation as they go yep. their separate ways for a bit. I can see it. Yeah, I mean, Montez, you definitely can tell. I think of the two, I think they see more in him. They He's do. probably the, Sha- do. the Shawn Michaels of the group. Got his shot against Roman last week. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. Looking at the the lay of the land, I think what, what I'm really – I keep going back to I'm like, God, what are they going to do for Raw? Because Raw just – Struggling. You know, struggling. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been struggling forever. It's, I think it's in better shape than it has been in a bit. I mean, I like what they've done with Big E. I mean, I guess one thing I guess they might do, probably do is officially move Big E to Raw since he's the damn mm-hmm. champ. I, I guess they got to – they can officially make that move. Mm-hmm. But – I'm thinking outside, and I think I think another obvious thing that seems pretty clear they're probably going to do as you know necessarily a surprise, but I'm curious about the whole idea of Bob Lashley going to SmackDown and just how that will impact Roman Reigns. Assuming Bobby Lashley's still a heel over there, it's like you know another imposing monster showing up on there on the same show with Brock and Roman, so. It it kind of changes that dynamic there. Can I can I add something to that? Will just just by you oh, saying yeah. that, um, one of the th- one of the things that I think if they do bring Bob over there to to SmackDown, they'll treat him like they did Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins never ever this past year touched the the Universal Title at all, or even came in the sequence. Okay. Now, granted, because Roman's been champion, but you see, he had very high profile tier two or tier one B matches mm-hmm. dealing with edge and stuff like that. So I think when you think about who the IC champion is, you might not put him against Nakamura, but when you want to bring back your Goldbergs, you want to bring back some other people to fight Bobby Lashley, in addition to trying to bring back um, the hurt business and that aspect, that could be something that could be tiered towards using that for those tier one B level matches that can be, you know, gear up for Bobby Lashley and doesn't hurt him at all. Cause he's still a former champion. And you could still do that as well. So, I mean, I, I don't see a problem with it. I wouldn't even be mad if you kept Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley both on SmackDown. Um, but I think that's the way they can use it. Instead of putting him with the title with Roman, mm-hmm. have him do that one next level where you can have those special appearances on SmackDown. Even Brock Lesnar. He's like the featured performer, like how yes. they use an edge and all that, right? Yep. Yeah, right, right under the title, a name, but not in that title picture mix right right for now at least while they shake things out with everything going on going back to nxt nxt i'm trying to think because of course you know they talk about you know who might they call up who might they call up especially now that it's nxt 2.0 it's a totally different playing field than it has been there and we know the faces that have been there for a while now but looking at nxt i'm trying to think who might come up? Who who might be the uh, a favorite? You think, or or heck, heck, a curveball? Who 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 down there? You think might get the move up to the big time? Uh, Either done. one of you. Oh mm. yeah, yeah. To raw, to raw. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, uh, I know that your raw obviously is an hour longer, uh, a bigger roster, and more space to fill. Uh, but the real question is, like the draft aside, is who does WWE have, if they have anyone, that could bring eyes to Raw? Now, obviously, your first question would, your course answer would be uh, Lesnar, Roman Reigns, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I mean, obviously, they're champions. You know, um, Lesnar's Lesnar is undraftable. He works whenever he wants. But <laughs> as far as you know, Reigns being the biggest guy in the company, uh, Cena's not a full time, and everybody else that's that on that level is not full time. Who does WWE have other than Roman Reigns that would bring that level to Raw that would make it? I don't want to say interesting, but that would make it, you know, more, that would raise its profile a bit. Right. And I don't know if they have anybody. I don't know who they could draft from any for SmackDown or NXT that would make you go, oh, shit, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of the problem. Yeah, there's, there's no one jumping out of me because even if they, I don't you know, they, they, move, they move Becky over, it's like, well, she's already back. So that, that whole novelty of her returning is gone mm-hmm. so yeah. i got i got a feeling her and seth are probably both gonna move to mondays i have a feeling but that's mm-hmm. just a gut gut thing on my part i think they're both gonna get moved over possibly well actually well, no, actually you know maybe not now considering what happened at uh the pay-per-view on sunday with becky getting and still being champ mm-hmm. maybe not <laughs> i forgot about that going into the show i was really thinking that but now it's like you know what oh that's right she's still champion so mm-hmm. They got to they got to take care of that first, meaning she has the SmackDown women's belt, unless they did one of those deals where they trade her and uh, Charlotte. But I don't think they would because they they very, very clear there's unfinished business between her and Bianca and now Sasha getting involved. So there are stories in play there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going, OK, see, Pete Dunn, I think, is a good call, especially with the, the word that he's just recently resigned. So he's probably. Maybe that would have made was maybe a concession made him like, hey, we're gonna move you up and raise your profile, so stick around with us. Uh, looking at NX, of course. I mean, you got your you got your Garganos who've been there forever. You got Champa who's been there forever, but I both see of them. Moving, I see him yeah. moving NXT in a stretcher. I don't see him moving to Raw. <laughs> if if they move Gargano. Then they'd move Candace too. Of course, she's pregnant, so that they, they can hold off on that till she's like, if she, assuming she comes back down the road. Mm-hmm. But they definitely, I mean, the last six to eight months of Johnny Gargano has been a lot of character work. And there has been a lot of like not focusing so much on his wrestling and more on the whole thing with the way and doing a lot more sports entertainment esque mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. with him. So maybe there, that was done with the idea that that might be his ticket out of there. That if he he works on the character side, that they could find a role for him to do on the main roster where it wouldn't just be you know just straight Johnny wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So of the of the two, if I got to think between him and Champa, I would think it's got to be more likely for him. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't yeah, see Champa going. Anywhere. I don't see Champa moving. I think nope. it's because he's yeah. been so adamant about not going um i just can't imagine him uh suddenly showing up on raw and even still even still i'm not saying that you know champa wouldn't be a good addition to either raw or smackdown mm-hmm. but which version are we getting are we getting a wwe version or are we getting a current nxt version or are we getting an nxt version from when he first got there and mm-hmm. i don't think that's the same person um and obviously you know the injuries and stuff like that the age the you know everything else catches up to you but the idea is, uh, even with, with him, with, you know, with Johnny and, and their stable and, you know, Johnny's stable and stuff, uh, you know, what, why, why break that up? Uh, Chop is a champ in NXT, I believe. Yeah, um, right now. Yeah. So, you know, why break that up? So it just, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just still don't know how NXT fits into the fold. Uh, Chop is reluctant. That's probably why they made his ass champ, so that he's undraftable. Mm-hmm. But, um <laughs> But yeah, uh, it just seems like it's not that you don't really know that's what's going to happen. It's kind of like what's in it that's uh, that's pretty spicy. Yeah, and honestly, what's compelling. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing. This is kind of like a G League draft, you know. This is like mm-hmm. the sixth round of the NFL draft, where it's like, okay, there's some holes to fill, but nobody's really jumping out at me. Right. And if the biggest story that I'm reading from all of the uh, websites that are coming out of this is splitting up the street profits, then I think that's a problem. Yeah. It's the WWE draft and everybody's talking about the street profits. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
Yeah. I mean, it's an it, unfortunate. It, yeah, it, it definitely doesn't seem to have the sizzle of prior drafts. Maybe, man, maybe, who knows? Maybe coming tomorrow they got some the, some aces up their sleeve and SmackDown will come on and it'll suddenly be like, oh, damn, they're they're doing this. I didn't think of that. And, or they're handling things in certain ways that make it interesting. But, yeah, g- going into it 24 hours out tonight, it definitely – I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, my God, if they did this, this would be crazy. I can't think of anything like that. It's just kind of right. we're moving pieces around on the board, and they've done so many of these. It's like you're moving you're moving pieces we've seen move before to right, like places right. they've already been. What I would like to see happen is the WWE draft uh, gets the whole sports presentation. I was just about to say that. And yep. put it on Fox Sports 1. Uh, get JB in there, Terry Bradshaw, all of them. You know, get the robot. Um, and actually do a two-hour show on Wednesday yes. uh, and, and actually do the draft. And so that way you have something to look forward to for Friday now in that, oh, shit, not only do we have this draft happen and they can cut a promo, they can do a thing, but, you know, have it in the Madison Square Garden Theater. I don't care where they do it. But the idea <laughs> is the draft is an event of itself. And unfortunately, it seems to get lost in, as an afterthought because it's like, but we still have to put on these matches. Oh, me, oh no, no, stop the match. We're doing the draft right now. Uh, you know, just do it. The NFL does it. The NBA does it. Hockey and baseball do it. It's an event in of itself, and I think it should be. Uh, fans, no fans, or whatever. But the idea is um, draft night should be a night in WWE onto itself, probably on a Wednesday so that it doesn't conflict with anything. Um, and just go and do it. Selection Sunday is a thing. I know that's not yep. a draft, but still, it's still picking the board. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, all of these big non-event shows are things that happen in sports, and the WWE draft should be one of them. And I agree with that, Jamal. It's like literally when you when you think about what they could do, because they kind of used to tease it. They had the people at their podiums and calling draft, and when the music comes out, and they're not even in wrestling gear, they're dressed up, and that's a perfect way to cut yeah. a promo of what you're trying to do as you're being on this new show or what you want to do that could set the career of somebody else that didn't know could happen. Um, And I'm really in favor of like what you just said, Jamal, have that whole sports atmosphere, what you're going to do for the whole two hours and literally just pick people, clear the board. There's nobody on raw. There's nobody on SmackDown. There's no announcers. You know, we're drafting who we want at those positions. And that's, what's going to be on our show for the next, you know, week or so. And what you do before that, in order to be kind of like in a survivor or whatever, where you are granted immunity, um, obviously, you could say that the champs are immune, um, but you can also have yes. some immunity matches so that you win your spot on your show, so that they that yep. you're off the draft yep. board. And literally, yep. you know, and maybe that's five people, you know, and, they, and you know, maybe that's five people, maybe that's one person, whatever it is. But you know, it would be a thing to fight for. Yep. You know, if you had maybe the Street Profits versus another tag team on Raw. Um, I think they're on Raw, but yeah, you three prospects and another strike team on Raw. But who's the, who's immune to the draft? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some there's some storyline developments that you can have leading up to it, but the, but everything will be decided. You know, hell, um, triple threat elimination match uh, for number one pick between Raw, right. SmackDown, and NXT. Right. I mean, so absolutely. Like now we're getting into building the show based on what's going to happen on Wednesday. So that we can turn around on Friday and kick off with the number one draft pick. I mean, yep. like it, it just kind of, you know, it just kind of writes itself if you let the sports take over and not have um, try to just do everything at once. And yep. WWE, mm-hmm. they did money on the roof as a pay-per-view. They can, you know, they have the conference room space to do a draft. Yep. Yeah, well, that got me remind, remembering how last year, which I guess was the first one on Fox, um, I remember they had like the boardroom set up for the draft and mm-hmm. they had Cletus the robot in there from damn mm-hmm. fu- Sunday football. So yeah. mm-hmm. they yeah. definitely did some stuff like that last year, but it was just kind of more comedy in the background. It wasn't really focused on as like seriously part of the draft, but they could eat, they got, they could lean into that kind of stuff so yep. easily and make it more of a central aspect of it. And like I said, have matches for immunity or have matches for picks, something to make it more of a thing, especially with it. It's not all happening tomorrow night. It's going to stretch into next Monday. So yeah, mm-hmm. you got to have it 
be part of the show and because otherwise heck the, ma- the match is happening that night just become kind of like okay whatever it doesn't matter drafts happening so these matches right. are all kind of lame duck anyway so right. the matches need to figure into it in some manner across yeah. the darn two nights are doing it so i guess we will see starting tomorrow night from baltimore on smackdown like i said following through on monday next week so hopefully by the time we're here next week we'll have a good idea of how this is all shook out and we can see uh who landed where and have an idea of possibly where the future is going to take us in world wrestling entertainment. So I think what we're going to do now, we will do our mid show break. When we come back, we will announce the winner for the acknowledge the tribal chief contest. And then I think after that, we're going to throw it to giant crab. Cause we're going to talk about that Arn Anderson promo from last night. So stay tuned folks. It's your big gold belt group back right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in one of those dinner ruts? So with HelloFresh, you'll get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door, where you can skip all the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, because to me, that matters. You can enjoy cooking and getting dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less with over 25 recipes to choose from. Each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness as well as simplicity. Now, I'm looking over here at the hot honey Brussels and ricotta flatbread, the balsamic fig chicken, and the chicken over garlic parmesan spaghetti. My mouth is watering as I say this to you right now. Go to the link in our show notes below to get $80 off, including the free shipping on HelloFresh, which is your number one meal kit. Again, go to the link down below in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh. All right, folks, welcome back. It is Thursday night and it is your big gold belt group. And right now we are going to do what you've been waiting for. We've been running this contest for a few weeks now, and one of you is going to get to acknowledge your tribal chief thanks to us. The Bloodline t-shirt has been very popular with Roman Reigns and the Usos on it. We've had it on the page now. For, there, there you go. Number one there, Silly Celis <laughs> running things. We'll see what happens with uh, the Usos tomorrow night if they get moved anywhere, but I think those tag titles should keep them uh, in good standing. But we are going to acknowledge your tribal chief contest here. We're going to give you the winner. So we had about 60-something retweets on that tweet, and we ran it through the random number generator just before showtime. And a quick little drum roll, please. And the winner is at FCS Scout. Sean on the Twitter machine, at FCS Scout. We will be in touch you are following the Big Gold Belt Group account as you were instructed, and you hit the retweet. You are the winner of our Bloodline t-shirt contest to acknowledge your tribal chief. So we will be sending you a DM and getting all your info to get that t-shirt to you. We thank you for entering, all everyone. And I guess we'll be having some more contests. I think this is the second one we had this month. There was a Funko Pop that we gave away recently. So contests, excitement, all these things happen when you listen to the big gold belt group so you can be a winner too so keep your eyes out more contests to come and you can be like sean and acknowledge your tribal chief so last night aew dynamite quite the uh promo and lord knows arn anderson is known for his promos he is known for promos he is known for uh keeping things real he is known for uh having a way with words but last night might be in the modern era one of the more interesting promos we've heard in a long time as far as i guess what it it, it implied and uh the means at which things were implied as far as how that went so jabal the giant crab thoughts on that arn anderson promo <laughs> Well, if you didn't hear it, uh, if you didn't read it, if you didn't see it last night, this is what he said. And I quote, a man jerks your, <clears throat> now he's talking to Cody Rhodes um, right now, and he's talking to him uh, about um, Cody's, that lack of killer instinct, basically, um, and how you know, Cody wants to uh, take on Malachi Black one more time, and Arn Anderson is like, nah, you're not ready because you really don't have that killer instinct. And as an analogy to that, he says, a man jerks your uh, door open and says, out of the car, I'm taking your car. 
you can just don't you can you can take it just don't hurt me you know what i do i pull out the glock pull it to his forehead and spill his <laughs> brains all over the concrete i'm R. anderson and all that implies that i'll be damned if i'm going to coach a loser he says to cody rhodes on the twitter machine this morning he comes out with a uh, a new shirt idea all it says a r n but the letter r is a pistol okay. yep. turned on its side <laughs> uh spilling, spilling brains on the concrete since 1982 let him know you never play the victim get your t-shirt today at boxofgimmicks.com <laughs> now as we laugh about this I think we, you know, as an adults, you know, some with kids, some with a PlayStation, can see the um, what this is and take it at face value. We know good and damn well that old ass Arn Anderson, with his wife and kid in the car, is going to give up that car and take the bus home. One would hope. He, yeah, I mean, he's not going to have time to pull out a, a Glock. I don't know if he has the wrist control to wield a Glock from his glove compartment. What, what he's going to do? Say. Oh, hold, please. Go into this glove compartment. Surprise, motherfucker. They're like, no. I don't, I don't I mean, like, <laughs> let, let's just call it what it is. With that said, uh, America has a, a, an epidemic in gun violence. And it is a plague that, that scourges America. So for Arn to talk about, albeit in self-defense, uh, spilling, spilling a person's brains over the concrete over his car. I'm not, you know, the message can be however you take it. This car is worth more than a human life, uh, you know, and whatever. Or the contents of the car, his family, are worth more than a human life. But given AEW's, uh, you know, previous stacks for controversial statements, um, Sammy Guevara said a thing well before he worked for the company. Uh, Max Caster said a thing that should have been edited out that didn't that didn't get edited out. Arn Anderson says a thing about how he's going to kill a man uh, that threatens him because that's just what he does and makes a T-shirt about it. I'm not going to say that feigning sexual assault or um, you know wrapping a metaphor to more sexual assault is the same thing as manslaughter. But what I am saying is, uh, how come this? instance doesn't get the same flack take away the other two incidents the big incidents in aew that were in my mind kind of dubious but people seem to laugh about this thing Arn gets to pimp out his shirt about this mm -hmm. thing with a literal pistol on it that goes yeah i'm Arn anderson not kill a man is that the right message that you want to send on tv where it really has no place in wrestling there is, I mean, I don't know what Arn Anderson being a carjacking victim has to do with Cody Rhodes not having the killer instinct. He could have used a million different sports analogies. Kobe Bryant was the Black Mamba for reasons, but don't look up, don't look up why. But Kobe Bryant was the Black Mamba, <laughs> um, and that was equated to his killer instinct because you know snakes and stuff. It wasn't because, you know, a dude threatened his house and he had to pull out a, you know, a rifle and put, you know, six ounces of buckshot in the dude's chest. He could have said a lot of different things to get the point across, but nah, he said, I'm spoiled man's brains across the concrete. If you, if you touch my door, why do you think that this doesn't get the same flack um, that other controversial thing? Why doesn't this hit as hard? And I think I have an answer why, but why do you, why do you think this doesn't? hit as hard as the other things that were kind of like, whoa, can't believe they got away with that. Well, to me, it's, and I was thinking about it as you were going, because I was wondering how I was going to answer this, but I think at this time, especially with the the Me Too movement, rape in general um, mm -hmm. as a content, is more sensitive to the measure of, of how it affects women and women being viewed in this world as equals. Um, thinking of back into Title IX and things of that nature uh, to make equity. Um, going going into the world and even going to the further extent of how equity is moving into the difference between transgender and and other phases of that nature is very sensitive to that method. 
and, and and I may be wrong by saying this, and I mean this in no no harm. When you think about maybe the comments that he's made in regards to that, and you think about places like Florida and other deep south where their weapons are used or are are justifiable ways to kill people where you don't have punishments depending on what the severity is, that kind of falls in line with that. Um, and that's just the dynamics of how the laws are in certain areas, especially in the Southern region. Um, so I, I think it's just more sensitive to the fact of where this dynamics is about where we are about uh, social and gender equity versus stand your ground where that is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see part of that. I, I mean, it's a good point that I did not see really any blowback on that promo. I'm literally it's, looking at the T-shirt that he's selling right now. Yeah, that was on up his, this morning, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, print <laughs> Yeah, they they were on top of that. Him and, uh, and Conrad jumped on that thing. Twenty <laughs> three. Yeah, yeah. Folks yeah. were they folks really were into it, and I th- I think yeah, I think it might be part of like Celis is saying, this isn't the same thing as the comments that Sammy Guevara made in the past about Sasha Banks, where it's like a sex. There isn't a sexual aspect to it. What Arn was talking about was, you know, if he were to be robbed. So it's not like he's talking about, I would just assault somebody. The whole thing is, if someone came to take what is mine, then I would stand my ground and defend it. So there is that part of it. I mean, he did hold up his arm and everything and kind of pantomime the idea of, I'm going to put the gun to your head. Now, if they had gone so far that he actually had a handgun on him and took it out as a prop, I think it might have went a, a bit different it might have been received a bit differently but they didn't do that uh yeah i think it's just i think a lot of people just thought it was cool i think is what it comes down to it's old Arn anderson going kind of old testament as i saw a couple people mm-hmm. say and he's just being the, the the old man who's not going to take no crap and talking about how he's going to pull a gun on somebody if they try to take what's his and probably if you know, and thinking about it that way, if it was the same promo, but it was like some young guy, like a Sammy Guevara or something, it probably would be taken differently. Where it'd be like, here's this young punk running his mouth, well, as opposed this. to this old man standing his ground. That's if, probably if part Leo of Rush too. makes that same promo, the oh, exact same totally words. different, totally different. Right. You're absolutely right. Then, then it's going to take a totally different meaning. It's going to be like, oh, this, 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 this guy, yeah. Yeah. Totally different deal. Arn's yeah. age, being oh, no, Arn Anderson, at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. That's that is. I think we just yeah that that really. I think we stumbled into a big part of it. The old man standing his ground and defending himself is going to be received a lot better than any young guy saying the same darn thing and acting well, like you're going to pop somebody. Let me ask this, Will, just real quick, and I know Jamal's going to go. Looking at what we saw last night compared to Brian Pillman and Stone Cold, similar, different circumstances, even though it's two different time generations, but you saw what Brian Pillman did compared to what Arn said. Right. Do they compare? Unfortunately, um, I don't, I, it, it's, unfortunately, it doesn't really compare mm-hmm. because of how much time has passed. Mm-hmm. Which is and again, um, you know, Pillman did worse as far as what that promo and segment was than mm-hmm. Arn did full stop. And I think that's because it's 2021. Realistically, is this the Brian Pillman promo of this era where obviously he's not going to go out there and actually get a gun and look deranged and break into a house and all that good stuff? But is but that's as close as we'll get in 2021 because of the way the world is. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said. Assume, equating the two promos in their time periods as a one-to-one thing, the reaction didn't doesn't seem to be as uh, mixed as the Pillman program was back in the day. Where it was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, this is kind of crazy. Let's not mm-hmm. let's not do that. Mm-hmm. That's an actual gun. Um, but since you can't come close to that now, this would be the closest thing. And the reaction isn't mixed. He's selling a fucking t-shirt over it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here With to the gun. What? Yeah, apparently it's the Sopranos logo, and I didn't like um, put two into the. Oh, that's right. I, I that did look at it again. It did not say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least that's what he's selling his shirt as the Arn Anderson Sopranos logo. 
Um, but yeah, um, totally makes sense now in that context. But yes, I do agree that, you know, Aaron being 114 years old, pulling out a Glock is kind of like a Clint Eastwood moment. Like, oh shit, this old man ain't, you know, um, nothing to mess with. And of course the memes and everything like that that came with it, you know, and all that good stuff too. But I do also think that that downplays uh, the plague that is gun violence in the country because for every person that makes a joke, I think of a Trayvon Martin. For every person that makes a joke, I think of a Terrell Rice. For every mo- person that makes a joke, I think of a, like a Freddie Gray. And it goes, well, that's the unfortunate of it. But it's also a matter of perspective, too, because mm-hmm. I grew up listening to Howard Stern in 2000, 99, 2000. So I don't think that Sammy Guevara said anything that was the worst thing I've ever heard. Was it bad? Yes. Well, should it not have aired? Sure. Um, did he say it before, you know, he got signed with the company? Yes. Haven't heard worse. On the radio, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Howard Stern, Grease Man, and, um, you know, that was what it was on the radio when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So, so the thing, the thing is with Arn, um, I don't mind the promo. Don't get me wrong. But it's just surprising that the reaction where he literally talks about killing someone is no matter whether it's in self-defense or not, you know, when you think about it, and that's what this promo is supposed to do, that's what any time anybody speaks is supposed to do, makes you think about it. That's why you believe it. And it's that, is your 92 Impala worth killing a man over? Right. I'm right. sorry, Arn, it might not be. Nope. And... But that's of course leads that's leads into a different issue. Like, well, he's being robbed and he's old, and so okay. I mean, yeah. You know, but that's that's of course leads into a different conversation. But um, I didn't mind the promo. Promo thought it was a bit interesting. I uh, love Lee Johnson's reaction of just being like, "The fuck is happening?" Um, <laughs> and Arn is like, "Yeah, come on, Lee. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna. He's got the gun. I'm going with him." So sorry, Cody. Um, <laughs> But it will be interesting to see what happens because Cody booed in Rochester, not as loudly as uh, New York City, but definitely some boos. And they uh, and I do like the fact that they didn't shy away from that. They mentioned yeah. it in commentary uh, and played to the fact that, like, yo, I don't know what's going on, but Rochester's not feeling this. This is interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, it's two weeks in a row of it now. So well, I mean, a trend. New York thing, you know, because it's New York, a bunch of marks, but Rochester, not. It was not, there were noticeable booze there. And this seems to be very sudden and organic. And I like the fact that they're going with it. So I don't know if this promo was a reaction to the New York crowd. I don't know if this was promo was a, a way to kind of just go like, yes, we were definitely doubling down on this because Rochester's not feeling it. It would have been a different mood if the crowd were 100% behind Cody and bummed that he lost. Um, But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it is what it is, and, and I think that the uh, promo gets people talking, and that's kind of what they want you to do. So, um, interested in seeing what Cody does, which is also what they want you to do. So, yeah, in that way, no it's, it's effective. Yeah, yeah, it got it definitely makes Cody more interesting of a character as far as where things stand with him and Arn Anderson. The whole pairing with Arn has never really worked for me with Cody because from the just the root whole darn thing of like an Anderson and a Rhodes can't team together. There's, there's like old blood there that should just, hell, this man put knots on your father's forehead. You are not buddies. An Anderson and a Rhodes do not walk together. So if this is leading to a split, there's a lot of meat on the bone to get into there, but I'm definitely yeah. curious to see where things go, especially with the way the crowd is receiving Cody right now. It's, it's getting very interesting. I think Arn fits in with the pinnacle a lot, hell of a lot more than he does with, with mm. Cody. Um, and that's no really because Cody has kind of been his own guy. Even when he, when he was with the elite, he really wasn't with the elite. Um, you know, even with the nightmare factory family stuff, it really wasn't a part of that. Um, it was just kind of weird and, and, and goofy. So Cody's kind of just been his own guy, which is by design. He kept he told people for 20 years that he wasn't his father's son. He was somebody else. So now, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're trying to you know put him in this block and say that, no, you're part of this bigger group. And 
Like, no, damn it. I'm General Cody Rhodes, Starfleet Commander. Um, <laughs> so, I, and I, I don't know, but it'll be interesting and, you know, uh, good on AEW for giving something people to talk about. There you go. And heck, since we're talking about Cody, we might as well segue right into it because Lord knows segue. Dynamite went. Don, it, it, it's the perfect segue because Dynamite went off the air and we've been waiting for this day. It finally came. We got the full hour debut of Roads to the Top. Mm. <laughs> and saw no parts of it. Oh, <laughs> it's it's something. It's something. I watched it today, and I, I'm sure uh, I think Crab watched it early. I think because you you yeah, had the access to the Sunday. screeners that they sent us. Yeah. So, so so did you see? I'm assuming you saw what I saw, where it was a yeah. uh, an hour long. And from what I'm seeing, that was the first two episodes. It's going to be half hour normally. And okay. I, I'm assuming it's going to follow Dynamite for its run. But um, I don't know which one of us wants to jump in first here. But I'm guessing like initial initial impressions of Rose to the Top and what it is. I'll go first because, of, because I've seen it. Uh, yeah. And I'll say that uh, I, I liked it overall. Uh, and if you want to read my uh, review of it, bitgobelt.com, uh, go ahead and read that. Let me know what you think. Um, I liked it overall. And what I liked about it the most was that it did peek behind the curtain at what life is like backstage at AEW. Yes, this was a pilot episode, so they didn't have to explain a lot of what wrestling is, what the show is and does, and how they bring that to life. Uh, so if you no and don't care, then yes, uh, you, that's a lot to skip over. Once they get part of the, out of that exposition, then we're kind of taken along the ride into Cody and Brandy's um, you know, life and, and how that works out. So it will be interesting to, to see how that continues since we've already lived through the year. You know, they started around Double or Nothing, which was back around Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. So that was their run-up. And Cody had the big Anthony Agogo angle, which went over like a wet fish. And, you know, it will be, but that was a thing. And Cody cuts this impassioned promo about how him, uh, Gandhi, and Martin Luther King uh, ended racism on like the seventh Sunday. Uh, it was a whole thing. Uh, but with that said, it is kind of interesting to see the peaks backstage. And, Personally, Brandy came off a hell of a lot more likable than I was willing to give her credit for. She sees what we sees. She gets a lot more shit than she should. Um, part of it's her job, part of it's not. And you know, part of it's self-inflicted and part of it's not. But yeah, she's getting it from all sides, man. You know, the struggles of her job, the struggles of the public aspect of her job, mm-hmm. the struggles with being in an interracial relationship, the struggles of uh, melding these two families together well after they're married. Yes, some stuff is played up for the camera because it's a it's a reality show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but but for the most part, I really felt not sorry for Brandy because this is the life that she continues to live. But kind of like, you know what? Maybe she's not as bad as we say she is. And Cody's just a fucking goof. But maybe Brandy, <laughs> you know, Brandy's the real glue holding that shit together. And I kind of have a lot more respect for as far as the show. Yes, uh, they covered a lot of ground that I really wish that they had expounded upon. Um, But but this isn't, you know, Cody versus Twitter. This isn't Brandy versus, uh, you know, J.D. from New York. This is Roads to the Top. So, you know, they don't have to cover what the marks say online, uh, you know, or, or the podcast or any bullshit like that. You know, they have other things to do. So. I think that will be interesting. Uh, it's interesting that they started at double or nothing and not doing the pandemic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would that what was that actually like to run a show out of QT Marshall's sex dungeon? Um, <laughs> you know, but that's that's not what they did. So uh, for what it's worth, I like I like the way they started. I like the way they're going. And I kind of want to, you know, episode episode three, bring it on. There you go. Mm-hmm. So my take on it, having watched that hour now and seen, get an idea of it, my, my, going into it, I've been saying all along since this has been announced, my assumption in my head has been like, okay, this is their attempt at doing Total Divas. 
This is their attempt mm-hmm. at doing total Bellas. That was my initial, you know, thing. Okay, they're doing a reality okay. show. Initially. So what do we sure. Yeah, initially, yeah. Between that and of course, I guess the other comparison would be Ms. and Mrs. You know, the the the, the WWE shows of this ilk that we've seen. That that give them credit have been wildly successful for WWE because Lord knows Divas what had a good damn six, seven seasons on yeah. E. So it, they had a long damn run. And that show would not have had that damn long a run if people weren't watching it. And mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of people say it's responsible for why WWE has a significant female audience, that it brought people into the fold that discovered WWE through those shows and then started watching the actual wrestling because they were introduced to the divas from like, you know, heck they were watching the Kardashians beforehand that came on afterwards and it was a gateway drug. And Hey, if it, if it worked, it worked. So going into last night, all along my thinking was like, okay, how is this going to be sold to people that are not wrestling fans that like are what, if this is a reality show, just because it's on after dynamite, I'm thinking like, if this is going to work, it's probably not always going to follow dynamite. So I'm looking at it as like, okay, there's a reality show. It's a lifestyle show. How are they going to sell Brandy and Cody? And what jumped out at me was that first episode. And then probably good. Probably, so I say half the episode seems to really focus on like behind the scenes, running AEW backstage drama. And it was very wrestling centric. I thought there was a lot of focus on, you know, them running the company them you know cody's day-to-day and having to talk with people and brandy dealing with um jade cargill and red velvet that was and so fake. cody's got yeah that, that was very uh wooden, so, very very wooden their little uh meeting Lord. there with the two of them not getting along uh cody having to deal with uh dude's uh neck issue um uh, what's Starks. his name what's his name yeah ricky Starks. there you go Ricky Stark's neck issue. So a couple of course, a few appearances by Tony Khan here and there, but it seemed like both episodes were like half backstage drama that if you were into AEW, it would be very appealing, but I'm not sure how much of an interest there'd be if you're just coming in watching this as a reality show. And then the second half was in the first episode, it was all about Brandy being pregnant. And then the second episode, it was all about the baby shower and I thought the baby shower part did a lot better job of creating traditional reality show drama. You got okay. Cody's sister that don't like her and they established all this drama with her. And then you got the moms there and the parents involved. So it was like, oh, that was the, a much. The tropes are already there. Like, you know, the oh, yeah. key is going to be the wacky neighbor. Kobe's yeah. going to, Kobe's yeah. basically going to be Homer Simpson. Um, yeah, you know, just like trying poor, things. Like, poor yeah. put upon Cody with all these crazy people around him. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah. Once that baby shows up, it's gonna be Cody can't get any sleep. He has no time to himself, and yeah, it's it, it's yeah. The, the reality show tropes are there, but a big part of me is like, okay, I think if this show is gonna work, though, they have to figure that out. I thought they did a better job of it in the second episode with the baby shower. They were clearly trying to set up. Cody's sister as like the mean girl of the show and making her the arch nemesis to Brandy. So if anything, I thought they didn't have enough time really yet to really get into all that. And that's, I think what's going to be. Yes. Yes. For this, for the show to work much like total divas, much like total Bellas, they need to establish people around Cody and Brandy. It can't mm. just be the Cody and Brandy show because in a lot of ways, they're just not that compelling. They're just kind of especially. And I think part of that might be Vic falling victim to the circumstances of, Hey, she, she got pregnant. They're having a baby. I think when they originally planned this show, it was not going to be centered on that. I think it was mm-hmm. much more going to be them going out, you know, probably during the day we're running this company, but at night we're jet setting and partying and having a good time and going to Vegas or whatever. And, you know, it'd be much more glitzy. And now instead it has to be, we're getting ready for a baby to arrive and our life's going to be turned upside down. So I'm sure the initial plan wasn't this and they're kind of rolling with the punches as far as that goes, but we need a good supporting cast. That's what I think the, the, the key factor of the next couple episodes needs to be. I didn't hate it, but I thought it was a bumpy start. A bumpy start uh, is how but I But I think that, that to your point though, they're already uh, setting the seeds for 
uh, the supporting cast. Brandy's parents, mm-hmm. you know, you know, mm-hmm. are are there. You know, mom's uh, Brandy was a figure skater for twenty years, and mom's right. you know overbearing sports mom. Dad's just happy to be there. Um, obviously, you know, we're only going to see Cody's mom, uh, but she seems to mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, she's definitely not this tiny, meek little Cuban lady. Um, mm-hmm. but she's, you know, definitely has a voice of her own. And of course there's Cody's sister, uh, who's going to be like, you know, uh, Natty Nineheart's sister, just kind of goofy and crazy. Uh, QT Marshall is going to be the wacky neighbor. Um, and then of course you have a cast of characters, um, from the wrestling side of thing where they bring in Velvet, they bring in Jay Cargill. They have this um, uh, baby shower, and none of Brandy's actual friends are there. It's just staff. Anna Jay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, like, granted, you know, Brandy was on uh, that other reality show, Wags, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Wags. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of them showed up. You know, none of the people from Brandy's hometown showed up. It's your, it's your baby shower. This is supposed to be the biggest thing. And even if there were 200 people there, granted, COVID, blah, 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 but even if there were 200 people there, you know, you still blur all their faces and just talk to Jade. But I'm just saying, like, it, it really felt put upon. It really felt forced. And that's the thing that I don't like. But then again, this show isn't a Ken Burns documentary on AEW. This no. show is a goofy reality show that kind of loosely follows the hijinks of Cody and Brandy as they stumble through parenthood. Boo. <laughs> Meanwhile, the pay-per-view's coming up. So, right. you know, I, I think that's the way they're selling it. And because I know them-ish... I'm willing to give it more of a chance than if I didn't. But to be fair, if Triple H and Stephanie started the show right now with their three kids, you know, they're both like damn near 50. Um, and they're, you know, a similar premise of what their day-to-day lives were. I would still watch because of what they do. And I think their jobs are interesting enough to carry them through. So I really hope it's more on the 60-40 split would be fine with me. 60% okay. Backstage, going to work, putting out fires, because Brandy's had a PR. How will the how will the Max Caster incident factor into this? That's a PR nightmare. Yep. You know that happened this year. So, how does she handle that if she had to? Um, other things that you know have been things, and um, you know that that's what I want to know. Um, how do they handle that stuff backstage? They're not going to give out any trade secrets, so don't expect anything super juicy uh, that's going to get anybody in trouble. But it is kind of like, no, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a peak. Um, but yes, do I expect Cody to like ride a wild boar and headbutt a chandelier? And yeah, sure, because he needs to do this goofy shit too. Let me ask this question just just real quick, and I and I appreciate the review as I reflect on that. The dynamics of Cody and Brandy's relationship and compared to, let's say, Miz and Mrs. with Maurice and the Miz, similar dynamics, different dynamics? Is I mean, it more? Is kind of the biggest difference is that this isn't the Miz. These aren't that people. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. and, and whether it's uh, going to hurt them or not remains to be seen. But surprisingly, Brandy and Cody, at least in their first couple episodes, are more human, more natural. Yeah. And that Brandy's like, listen, I don't give a fuck about any of this. Like, I don't care. Just give me some, oh, I can't drink because I'm pregnant. God damn it. You know, and yes, the, the situation was staged. And yes, there were a couple of things that are scripted. But the Miz is in character when he's on uh, that show. Yeah. And Marie yeah. is, is, you know, in a in a character as well. Gotcha. Cody and Brandy really didn't seem to be, if you compare them to other backstage things that they've done, like Brandy's YouTube show. Like being the elite, um, the other interviews and stuff that he's done in a meaningful way to sell AEW when they needed to sell it. Um, I didn't feel, but then again, Cody's character isn't the Miz either. Cody's character is kind of like a Superman character, born as fuck with all this power and too stupid to know what to do with it to get over. And yeah. that is kind of what Cody's character is, and Brandy's is Lois Lane. So, it's it's a lot more human. That's why it's not Miz and Mrs. It, it's a lot more human than that. And I think that that kind of like groundedness makes the show a little bit different than um, mm-hmm. the Bella show where they're like, well, we're attractive and we're going to go do attractive girl things. And we live in Phoenix. So everything's a spa and a day and a whatever the fuck. Right. And, you know, my um, I'm dating the hottest guy in the world. And he's a movie star. And 
Well, my husband is five one and likes trees, but still, the idea is, um, you know, we're just like going to do all these things. We're out there. Brady's like, fuck that. I got to go to work. I have a nine to five, and other things that I do of interest on the side. And my family's crazy, and they're all all of them are wrestlers. Or and my and my mom's a super mom, super sports mom, and you know, we're just trying to make this shit work. I believe their relationship more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there was a, there was a lot more. War- there was a lot more warts being shown, gotcha. the bumps in the road, and in the little bit we saw so far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Compared to Miz and Mrs., the big thing I always th- think about with that show is it's so polished, and I think it's just because Miz has been on TV forever. I mean, hell, yeah. he started in reality. Exactly. So he sent me help pre WWE. He started in that format of show. So to him, it's got to just be like sleepwalking for him to be in front of cameras and just know how to present himself. And just, he comes across so damn polished and Maurice is there and she's essentially a walking Instagram video. So between the two of them, it's just a very different presentation Mm -hmm. than what you would get on this show. So it'll be interesting to see how Cody and Brandy as the season goes on, I don't know how many episodes we're getting to this thing, how they kind of grow into things as we get through it. And then of course, if it goes from here into, you know, a season two or whatever, and where, how it does for TNT, that's what we're going to see. So I know you said you'd have some ratings news in the news and notes. So let's move on to that and uh, get into the home stretch here for the evening. Yeah. So I'll make it quick because I got a pack and get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, it's Dynamite, number one. I think they're, that's four weeks in a row they've been number one on mm-hmm. cable. Uh, they kind of swept September. 1.1 million uh, people watched. Uh, number one in the, in the key demo. Absolutely murdering the competition. Number 16 on this list for Wednesday was Roads to the Top at 10 o'clock. Mm, uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, they were sandwiched between a lot of Fox News coverage uh, throughout the day. But they did a 0.17 in the rating and a 422,000 people watched. Um, that's not the best number ever, but um, a surprising number of men watched it too. Uh, the men did a 0.23 in the in the key demo, and women were half that in the 18 to 49 demo. So a lot more men than women watched, which was surprising. Um, but <laughs> I think the, the sharpest decline in demo was 50 plus. Nobody over 50 watched that show. Mm. Uh, but across the top, uh, 422,000 people. Interesting. Not, you know, the not kick-ass killer ratings. But they, you know, de- de- they debuted at 10 o'clock and, got a, and was in the top 20. Um, I think that's pretty good for your first show ever. Considering how polarizing Cody is, if you read the shit online, he's getting his own show. How dare, you know, who's going to watch this? Well, it's good enough for 16th on their, on their ep- pilot episode. So that's actually pretty surprising to me. Um, Trisha Dora, she has signed with uh, Ring of Honor. Yes. Um, it's it's about damn time. Uh, Trish deserves it. Um, I really, yeah, she was in the women's tournament, you know, did not win it, but goddamn, uh, good for her. Uh, proud of Washington, uh, Trisha Dora, giving me a reason to watch Ring of Honor again. Um, Bobby Fish. Apparently, he is challenging Sammy Guevara as his first title yes. defense on Dynamite. Mm. So, interesting. Um, yeah, be interesting to see how that works. Um, he said that you know, he was released from NXT uh, last month, and he said on Busted Open Radio today that he was at home watching just like everybody else and thinking, hey, this that title and this mustache would look pretty fantastic together. So, he made a call, and apparently it's going to happen. Uh, you know, so good on them. Um, uh, Brandy, apparently, and who knows if this will be on the show, but she did an interview with uh, WrestleJoy, and she said that she went into labor on a Heels call. Yeah, AW Heels is the fan club uh, subscription. Uh, 50 bucks a year, I think it is, but you can get some meet and greets. You get some online shenanigans. Um, you know, if you're into it, then it may be worth it. But apparently she went into labor on a Heels call. Uh, she was filming roads to the top that day and she had considerably slowed down toward the end of her pregnancy. And one of the producers who had just had a, 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 a his wife had just had a baby herself two weeks prior was watching and saying, I've seen this before. Are you okay? And Brandy ever the trooper decided to sew shoulder on and, and go through with it. 
And she said, look, I'm going to change. I'm going to jump on this uh, healer's call. And apparently that's when, uh, you know, sometime during that time, the baby decided to uh, do, a, do a baby thing. Um, Cody was at the Nightmare Factory, uh, his QT sex dungeon. And, um, you know, next thing they know, they're on the way to the hospital and Liberty graced the world. So that was back in June. But, um, but that's, you know, that's pretty, and then these are the things that are going to be on the show. Hopefully that's going to be on the show. Um, they're pretty cool if they, if they see that happen. Um, there's a lot of wrestling happening this week. Um, SmackDown is in Baltimore and that's the first night of the draft. They're going to be, uh, on Monday, the second night of the draft in, uh, Nash Vegas, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, you also have two CW. And if you're a fan of Brody Lee, you'll know what 2CW is all about up there in Western New York. Uh, they're doing a show in uh, Syracuse, older, fatter, and balder. AEW is outside of Chicago. Um, you have a BJW, uh, Big Japan, out there in Yokohama, Japan. I can't wait for that. PWA, Pro Wrestling Australia in Queensland. Fightland, uh, MOW. If you haven't seen this week's MOW, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a goddamn good show. Uh, WWE is doing a house show in Puerto Rico. So if you're down to San Juan, mm. that might be a good.